Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Dennis Quaid is here on Relatable to talk about his latest gospel album and so much more. We'll talk about his faith journey. And yes, of course, we will talk about Parent Trap. Would I be a millennial woman if we didn't? And then we'll get into some more stories. We'll talk about ChatGPT writing fake Bible passages where Jesus is affirming transgenderism. What? And then we've got an update on. Chris Tyson, the assistant sidekick of Mr. Beast and his so-called transition. So covering all of that today on Relatable. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Thursday. Hope everyone's having a wonderful week. So if you guessed Dennis Quaid on Instagram through my hint, you were correct. Today we are talking to Dennis Quaid. I'm so excited about that. Then after the interview, we've got quite a few things to talk about, as you heard in the introduction. And so this is a fun, wide-ranging episode. But okay, ladies, before before we start, to my millennial-related gals, before we start this conversation uh, with Dennis Quaid, can we just go back for a second? Can we just go back to 1998 when many a millennial woman developed her first crush ever? Here we go. Oh, gosh. Hey, Hal! Welcome home, kiddo. Get into these arms, you little punk. Dad. Finally! Oh, I hope you had a lousy time in that camp because you are not going back. <laughs> I missed you too much. You how? Something's changed. Are you getting taller? Is that not the cutest ever? Like one of the sweetest movies, one of the first movies that I remember. Yes, that Dennis Quaid is on relatable today. So without further ado, here he is. Dennis Quaid, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Um, this is the second time. I don't know if you remember. You might not. Second time meeting. We met the first time on an airplane, I think maybe from Nashville to Dallas. Dallas. Yes. Right. With your dog, Peaches. Peaches. Yes. Yeah. And so I looked into this. You have a special relationship with your dog. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, she goes everywhere with me. She's a service dog and uh, she's goes everywhere she's my constant companion she was sweet and i was very impressed because she did not have a leash on and you did not hear a peep from that sweet dog the entire flight well she was like i think i was on a tour one time uh when she was a puppy 
and we did like 14 cities in 10 days and oh. uh about the about the eighth uh time we got out of the car at the airport she just went please don't put that leash on me i'll do anything you say <laughs> and uh, and uh she just sticks right with me yeah so well I, she's uh, sweet She's cool. Yeah. So, well, it was a pleasure, a pleasure yeah. meeting you both. Um, okay, so I've, I'm excited to talk about your gospel album, and I was just um, obviously have known who you are for a very long time, probably since Parent Trap, but I didn't realize that we were both born and raised Texas Baptists. So I was born and raised in Dallas, raised a Baptist. Mm. You were from Houston, raised a Baptist. Um, yeah, and so First tell Baptist of Bel Air. Yeah, tell tell me a little bit about your your faith upbringing. Uh, you know, we went to Sunday school. Uh, you know, starting I think about four or five years old, and would sit with parents for the service afterwards. I remember sitting in the pews, and you can't see over anybody's head or anything like that. You know. You almost kind of lay down in the pews a lot yeah, of times too, right. and but you know the singing is what really. But everybody stands up for that, and uh, you know I love that part, and um, always have, and I included a lot of those songs that were very personal to me in in the record. Yes, and tell me about this gospel album i recognize most of the songs born and raised baptist myself i love hymns just as i am mm. classic classic baptist hymn um and then you yeah. also have parts of these songs also that you have written originally so just tell us a little bit more about it yeah um it's a uh, i guess it turns out to be a really a, a story of uh, my own personal spiritual journey mm. <laughs> as it turns out i didn't realize that at the time until you know finished the record and then uh, my wife said, I, I want to do the order uh, mm. of it, uh, of the songs. And it really does turn out to, to be that, uh, starting with Fallen, which is the title track, which is really kind of a prodigal son story. And uh, where, you know, kind of where I was, uh, uh, have been in life, some, uh, with, you know, ride with the devil to uh, the end uh, on my way to heaven and I'll fly away. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that she said, let me do the order of it. And then only then yeah. did you kind of realize this is your timeline. This is your journey. Um, tell us, I, I know you've talked about before, you've talked about struggling from addiction. You were raised a Christian, raised a Baptist, but you just said kind of riding with the devil um, in that kind of prodigal season of your life. So tell us about that. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I was. That's. I think we all go to different things uh in our lives uh mm -hmm. to kind of fill that hole inside us that we all feel uh or unanswered questions uh, or even questions that we don't have <laughs> words for right and right. you know we, we do that through our ego or through you know, accomplishments through uh drugs or alcohol or uh sex or uh money or you know we're worshiping something and um or we, or we feel that the that's the answer to what we've been looking for mm -hmm. and of course we all want to do it ourselves and uh so i, I you know i wound up 
uh, kind of addicted to cocaine and went to rehab for it back in 1990. Because mm-hmm. I, I saw myself that I was going to, I had one of those white light experiences where I, I was lucky that I, I saw myself as either dead or in jail or losing everything I had that was really important to me. And so I uh, did get myself straight with that, but that did still didn't fill the hole that was there. In fact, it was very deep hole uh, after that. And I read the Bible again. And I also read the Dhammapada and the Bhagavad Gita and the, and the, the Quran, but it was the red words of Jesus in the new Testament that really hit me this time. Mm-hmm. And that really started my personal relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely- Which I never had before. I'd heard about it, but I really kind of passed over that part. And then I'm not saying that it all happened at once. It's a deepening as time goes by, but it's really important. Of course. I think a, a lot of people who were raised Christian, it happens later in life that you kind of realize the gospel, that you kind of realize the gravity of the words that Jesus said, and you actually apply it to your own lives. And it's not a journey from A to B. It's not, oh, you realized the truth about scripture, and then it's just an easy, you know, downhill slide from there. It is still a struggle and a wrestling with questions. And I mean, this album, I think even speaks to that. I mean, there's hymns of praise, and there's hymns of gratitude and all of that. But There's also, I mean, I hear, especially like in your original writing, just like repentance and the humility and the back and forth that comes through the Christian faith and just being thankful for the grace of God that he allows us in to be imperfect and covers our sins even when we fall short. Yeah, a lot of self-examination and as well that... Uh, you're so right that, that, that the journey is uh, never done. And, you know, still, uh, sometimes there's the silence that I met with, you know, mm-hmm. uh, with God. But it, there is a relationship there that I, th- I think that we all need to have and in life. And because it does, it's about the joy of life. Really, that's what the good news is about. Right. What it, it came here. It's not just about the, the, the promise of heaven, but it's it's really teaching us how to have heaven on earth, in a sense, and to you know, to to live by. It's the joy of being alive. All right, quick pause to tell you about our first sponsor for the day, and that is Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. This is a podcast produced by Focus on the Family. Its hosts, Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, have reached millions of married couples through their practice books, events, and more. They are a trusted source on godly marriage. So whatever you're navigating in your marriage, whether it's finances, intimacy, all the different kinds of things that married couples have to work through together – 
this podcast can be a really great place for you to get all of your questions answered and to get trusted advice so that you're not just surviving your marriage, but that it's so that it's thriving and that you're really glorifying God to the fullest with your spouse. So check out Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. There's a new episode that drops on Mondays. You can go listen to it wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. When you look at Hollywood, obviously something that you've been a part of for a very long time. I mean, from the outside, someone who doesn't know the inner workings of Hollywood, I don't know all the celebrities that I see on the screen. But of course, from an outsider's perspective looking in, there's a lot of commentary about the emptiness, the corruption, the depravity, the sadness of Hollywood. I mean, the prevalence of addiction that seems to come from, you know, trying and failing to find happiness in all of the wrong places. So like, Mm -hmm. tell me just, I mean, you could talk about this for hours, I'm sure, but like, tell me a little bit about, especially in these recent years, um, what it's been like looking back at your career in Hollywood, looking into Hollywood and seeing a lot of the lostness and the sadness that you once experienced, and then contrasting that to kind of the fulfillment that you've now found in Christ. Well, I I, I don't think it's just Hollywood. I think Hollywood is is just a reflection of our, our, our whole society or True. of the world really it just get it gets magnified and and of course it's publicized because yeah. you know, we feel we know those people but it oh you know everything we're talking about it happens uh in the world that's just and always has been part of the world it's mm-hmm. just not publicized mm-hmm. but people are seeking and you know different things and uh, you know Hollywood is about, I think, for a lot of people, about seeking <laughs> seeking fame and fortune. Yeah, and for me, it was also uh, more importantly, it was about uh, the craft of acting, and uh, you know, something I love to do, and mm-hmm. which was a you know, uh, the ability to be able to do that was a gift from God, and you know, trying to. At a reflection and trying to, to show, put a, a a mirror up into life and to to that people a fellowship in a way. Mm-hmm. It could, it's 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 not only I wouldn't say it was Hollywood. I would say it was how it's used. Mm. You know uh, what message it's putting out, mm-hmm. and um, that's what I myself can be in control of. Right, and um, I've. You know, I, I I like doing uplifting stories that uplift human spirit. And recently, I've even got into uh, what they call faith movies. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I think they're just really uplifting stories mm-hmm. that uh, I think we need yeah. uh, in life. Yeah. Would you say that that has the feel for the need for uplifting stories, would you say that that's impacted the projects and the movies that you've chosen, particularly over the past few years? Oh, always. Yeah. And uh, I mean, when I read a script, that's the only time I ever get to be an audience member with a first time experience of that. And uh, I'm attracted to stories. And um. There's so much depressing stuff out there that, yeah. uh, you know, we 
that's going on in the world. Uh, you know, and I'm a, I'm attracted to true stories as well because they're uh, if they were fictions, no one would believe them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and, and, uh, the things that people are able to accomplish, yeah. like Blue Miracle, I thought was a really great story. The Rookie is fantastic story oh yeah you know and uh these are aspirational movies yeah and faith mm-hmm. definitely definitely what would be like looking back over the very impressive and long span of your acting career what movie was would you say this might be difficult what movie was the most fun to make like looking back the right you're like stuff. wow Oh, go ahead. What'd you say? Right stuff. It was the most, the right stuff. There's no contest. Because I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. I grew up in Houston. It was, you know, that was Space City. My favorite astronaut was Gordo Cooper. And then I'm all of a sudden I'm playing him. I met him. He lived three miles from me in LA, it turned out. And uh, he turned me on to a flight instructor and I got my pilot's license. It was just... I never wanted it to end. It was it was just so much fun to do. Yeah, that's so fun. So because I am a millennial woman, most of my audience are millennial women, and most of us still, our favorite film that we've seen you in is The Parent Trap. Do you get that all the time? Yeah, because you're my Parent Trap girls. And, yes. uh, you know, <laughs> the thing was is that uh, I used to be a babysitter because your parents have put on that movie on the VCR and then they go do what they wanted to do in the other room. <laughs> and you probably saw it about 40 times. And uh, that was actually, uh, a, <laughs> it uh, reinvented my career. Did it? So I love it. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Well, it was it opened up a new audience for me. You know, it's like, I think you have to kind of, you get older or, Whatever things change, you can't keep playing the same kind of parts. You have to reinvent yourself uh, in, in a way in this business every seven years. And uh, along came the parent trap. And uh, that's when uh, things started to uh, change for me and get good again. Yes. Well, man, fond memories of watching The Parent Trap. You're absolutely right. I probably have the VHS lying around somewhere, but just, (laughs) yeah. Shout out to all the- It probably smells like sour milk. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny how, I mean, most of us, my audience, you know, we haven't seen it in a long time, but everyone knew exactly who it was. When I said, I said on Instagram, I said, I have a hint for who's going to come on my podcast. And all I said was Hallie. And everyone knew that it was Dennis Quaid, not Lindsay Lohan, but yes, Dennis Quaid. Well, thank you so much, Dennis. This has been so fun. You're playing at the Opry. As this is coming out, you're playing at the Opry tonight, Thursday night, right? Yeah, Thursday, yes. Okay, how are you feeling about that? I've I've done the Opry before, and it's always like, um, it's such an honor to play there. And, you know, you get get those butterflies uh, even more so. Do I you just get, love doing it. Do you get butterflies more when you're on stage performing music than you do when you're in front of the camera filming a movie? Probably more performing music. But I like, see, I, I like that. I like stage fright is, to me, is a useful tool mm. because it's fear. Mm-hmm. And there's no greater motivator than fear. Yeah. 
That's true. <laughs> healthy fear. Healthy fear can be. Then evolve and use it. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm excited for you. And your album came out last Friday. Everyone can yep. get it on, I guess, on, uh, well, I don't want to say. Everyone can download it where? Uh, anywhere that there's streaming. It's okay, so everywhere. Spotify, all that. I just wanted to Spotify, make sure. Okay. iTunes, wherever you want to, wherever you can download music, you can find it. You can buy it on Amazon. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Well, like you said, there's a lot of depressing stuff that goes on in the world. And hymns, for me, have always been such a solace, such a comfort. I love that you've added your original words to this. And so many of us can relate to at least the trajectory of your faith journey. So um, thank you so much for doing this. And I know that everyone who is listening and watching is going to go out and listen immediately. So thank you very much. Oh, I love that. Thank you very much. Thanks. God bless you. You too. Okay, another break to tell you guys about my second sponsor. You've heard me talk about them many times before, and that is Good Ranchers. We rely on Good Ranchers every night in the Stucky home for their better-than-organic chicken, pre-marinated, not pre-marinated, their craft beef, all different cuts of steak, uh, their ground beef, super versatile. We use that all the time. And then also their seafood, and not only that, but they also have pork. So if you're a pork fan, they also have really high quality pork now that they are selling. And a great thing about Good Ranchers, it's not just that it's a Christian family-run company. It's not just that they only get their meat from the United States, which is extremely rare, but it's also because they offer you a really great deal. If you subscribe, so you get that box of meat to your front door every month, you are protecting yourself from the inflation that affects meat prices because you lock in that price that you pay now for two years. So if you subscribe, your price will not go up for two years uh, while you are getting that box of meat to your front door. The grocery store, I promise you, cannot guarantee that. If you keep getting your meat from the grocery store, you're just going to be paying more and more for imported meat, by the way. So go ahead, go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. You'll get $30 off your order when you do. Use code Allie at checkout at GoodRanchers.com. GoodRanchers.com, code Allie. Okay, guys, what'd you think? I thought that was a super fun conversation. Very appreciative to Dennis Quaid for coming on the show. Lots and lots I could have asked him. We only had uh, a brief amount of time. Maybe if we cross paths again, I'll be able to have uh, another conversation with him. I can ask him all the things that you guys want me to ask. I want to play you a snippet from one of the songs on his album called Fallen. Here it is. I went for a joyride down the devil's highway My eternal soul hanging by a thread I was determined that the world was going my way Wound up beside the road, love for dead Now I'm falling, I'm falling Feeling so low all I want to do is go back home. Okay, that was his song Fallen. So there's more of that and a lot more on the album. You've got like things like Amazing Grace and 
Also, What a Friend We Have in Jesus, Just As I Am, a lot of the hymns that you guys are familiar with that I'm familiar with as well. Um, So make sure that you go check that out. All right, let's get into some other stories that I wanted to cover. Nothing to do with Dennis Quaid or Hollywood or anything like that. Just a bunch of stuff going on that I wanted to make sure that I commented on. Uh, One of them is this Reddit post that's been going around. This Reddit post on the subreddit r slash trans. I'm not familiar with Reddit, but I guess this is like a a channel, subreddit, a page, chat room, whatever, where people are posting, uh, people are you know, posting their thoughts and then people are able to comment on it. And very often these uh, posts will circulate on Twitter and on Instagram to make a particular kind of point. And a lot of you had sent me this one and I want to give you my commentary on it. So this is from someone, I guess, who identifies as transgender themselves, says, I was feeling sad today. So I asked chat GPT to write a fake biblical passage about Jesus accepting trans people. Now, most of you know what chat GPT is, but in case you don't, it's artificial intelligence. It's basically an AI. AI program that you can ask it a question or you can give it a prompt and then artificial intelligence will come up with an answer or an example of what you're talking about. So this person asked uh, ChatGPT to write this fake biblical passage about Jesus accepting trans people. So right off the bat, like we've got a problem here because they're adding to scripture. So at least they're admitting that they, when they go into scripture, they can't find the comfort that they're looking for because the comfort that they're looking for is not gospel comfort. It's not comfort um, in God's actual character or in his love, which is always coupled with truth, uh, but that it has to be something that's not in scripture because this person is looking for affirmation. They're not looking for the truth. They're not looking for something that would lead them to repentance. They're not looking for something that may be uncomfortable. They're looking for something that would just affirm their feelings and make them feel better about themselves. So at least they know that they can't go to the actual Bible, that they have to create a fake biblical passage in order to find the affirmation of their sin that they are longing for, because pretending to be the opposite sex is lying and is therefore a sin and for other reasons as well. So here's what ChatGPT came up with. And a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body came before him in quiet despair. She asked Lord, I come to you estranged for my spirit and body are not one. How shall I hope to enter the kingdom of God? Jesus looked upon her with kindness, replying, my child, blessed are those who strive for unity within themselves, for they shall know the deepest truths of my father's creation. Be not afraid for in the kingdom of God, there's no man nor woman as all are one in spirit. The gates of my father's kingdom will open for those who love and are loved, for God looks not upon the body, but the heart. Wow, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Like, as I'm reading this, I just feel the satanic power of a message like this. It is so similar to the messages that you see in Genesis in the garden. And did God really say, but didn't he actually say this, a twisted version of what he actually said? And then when you look in the wilderness, Jesus in the wilderness being tempted by Satan, where Satan uses the word of God, he uses biblical passages and then twists them manipulates them in order to try to trick and tempt Jesus. This is the same 
thing going on here because we do hear some things that we read in scripture that in Christ there is either there's neither male nor female and that God looks not on the outward appearance but looks at the heart but of course none of these things uh affirm the idea that a man can become a woman or vice versa actually in the first line of this fake biblical passage, you see the philosophical like presuppositions uh, of this answer that ChatGPT gave, that there is a division between spirit and body. Well, that's dualism. As Nancy Piercy very clearly, eloquently explains in Love Thy Body, uh, this idea of dualism, that there is spirit and there is body, and that the body is somehow lesser than the spirit, and that the spirit is defined not by your soul, but what you feel on the inside, and that how you feel on the inside must dominate and dictate um the body. And so if your body doesn't match your spirit in this philosophy of dualism, which goes back hundreds and hundreds of years, then you have to change your body in order to affirm your internal feelings or your so-called spirit. But that's not Christianity. Christianity doesn't present that kind of dualism, even though there is a difference, yes, between the spirit and the body. What we read is that the body is extremely important throughout scripture. We see all the way in Genesis 1 that God made us male and female. There is no biblical or scientific, but certainly no biblical category for gender that is independent from sex. There is no affirmation of the idea that what you feel on the inside um is supreme, that that uh, overpowers your biological reality or overpowers your body. You see, the secular dualism really denigrates the body. It really degrades your biology as something that's arbitrary, something that's not really meaningful, something that doesn't tell you anything about who you are, your identity, your purpose, your strengths, your weaknesses, your capabilities. It's just kind of this like flesh sack that you accidentally were given and what you are on the inside side is who you authentically really are. That's not biblical. Uh, the biblical reality is that the body matters. I mean, Jesus is the word who became flesh. He is Emmanuel, God with us. He took on human form. That's how much he cares about the body and this material world. Uh, we see in creation that the first thing that God calls very good is his creation of male and female. He had made so many wonderful things before that. The plants, the animals, the stars, I mean, the solar systems, how incredible. And yet he says that these things are good, but the creation of male and female in his image with those non-arbitrary but very purposeful gender distinctions, sex distinctions, those words are interchangeable, was very good. That tells us not just about the reality of the gender binary, but also the definition of marriage upon which this entire, uh, the entire uh, world population is founded. It's founded upon that complementary relationship between male and female. We read that there's going to be a resurrection of the bodies one day, not just of the spirit, but of the body. God cares very much about the body. In 1 Corinthians 6, we read that the body for the believer is a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit. So glorify God with your body. 
One way that we glorify God is that we honor the body that God purposely gave us, that he specifically, particularly gave us, knitted together in our mother's womb, rather than denying it by saying, it's not male, it's not female, it is whatever I feel that it is. If we really read the words of Jesus, you can go to Matthew 19. He affirms the gender binary. Have you not read that in the beginning, God made them male and female? Now, in context, he's talking about divorce. He is being asked and trying uh, to answer this trick question that the Pharisees gave him about divorce. But right there, we see that he affirms the creation account um, that we were created male and female. And by the way, Jesus is God. So everything that God says, every way that God defines something, every parameter or rule that God puts up, Jesus does too. So this concept of dualism, secular dualism, doesn't just separate the spirit from the body. You also see it try to separate Jesus from God, the Old Testament from the New Testament. Well, these separations aren't real. They're not founded in truth. And this is what happens when you exchange the God of Scripture for the God of self, as we say so often. You seek affirmation. You seek comfort in the Word of God by looking for some kind of celebration of your sin. And because you won't be able to find it in the real word of God, you have to go to artificial intelligence to tell you a lie. And while it may feel good in the moment, maybe it'll give you a little twinge of happiness. Ultimately, it won't satisfy you. You will not find the satisfaction that you are longing for, the identity and the fulfillment that you are longing for outside of your creator who made you at the moment of conception either male or female. You won't find satisfaction outside of him, outside of his call to die to yourself, to take up your cross and follow him. That's the call for all Christians, by the way, not just people who are trying to identify as the opposite sex. We are all called to die to ourselves. And it's not just that you won't find happiness in trying to be something that you're not when it comes to your gender. You will never find happiness, uh, as we just talked about with Dennis, and all of the things that the world tells you you'll find happiness in, in your relationships, in your fitness level, in your appearance, in your success, in your status. You won't find fulfillment in any of these things. You'll only find fulfillment in Christ who bids you come and die and who purposely and specifically made you and your body exactly how he wanted to make you in your mother's womb. Keep rejecting that. You will keep on finding the desperation, the destitution that has now come to characterize your every day. All right, let me tell y'all about Jace Medical. Jace Medical is the only service in the U.S. that prepares you for medical emergencies with an emergency stash of antibiotics and the prescription medications that you take on a daily basis. I don't have to tell you that the world is turbulent, including things here in the U.S. We've already seen the effects of uh, supply chain issues with different shortages. Maybe a prescription that you're taking had a shortage at one time and you had a hard time accessing it. That can be really scary. But if things really hit the fan, either for your family individually or statewide or nationally, you want to make sure that you have access 
to the medications that you need. And so Jace Medical provides you with a year-long supply of much-needed antibiotics should you or someone in your family come down with an infection and you can't get the antibiotics that you need quickly, and your daily prescriptions. So if for some reason you can't get your doctor to call in the prescription quickly, you can't go pick it up at the pharmacy, you have a year-long supply of these prescriptions. This is just another thing to add to your preparedness. Um, it's better to be safe than sorry. Hopefully you'll never have to access this emergency stash, just like you'll never hopefully have to access all of the other um, emergency stashes that you have, like food and things like that. But it is so much better to be safe than sorry and to protect your family in this way. So go ahead, go to jacemedical.com, go through their telemedicine process. They'll get you that life-saving medication that you need in case of an emergency. Go to jacemedical.com, use code Allie at checkout, jacemedical.com, code Allie. All right. I want to move on to uh, this next story, which is very, I mean, it's similar to this. This is a very sad story, too. And so we just have to bring ourselves back to like God is in control and his truth ultimately will prevail and that there are good, wonderful things happening. But then we also have to look at the dark side of things to so we're not ignorant. So our heads aren't in the sand. So we realize like what we're up against. And we're not up against people. We're not up against individuals. We can read in Ephesians 6 that the battle is actually a spiritual battle. And so we have a lot of compassion and sadness for these people that we're talking about who are so utterly confused, even as we hate their sin. And if there's one story that has just incensed me so much, has just made me so upset and angry is the story of Chris Tyson, who is kind of like the assistant or the sidekick for Mr. Beast. Now, why do we care about this? Because Mr. Beast has millions and millions of subscribers on YouTube, mostly young people. I would say children and teens. They love Mr. Beast. He does a lot of cool videos. I totally understand why he has the big audience that he does. And we did an episode a few months ago now about Chris Tyson and his so-called transition. He is a man who now uh, identifies as, pretends to be a woman. He changed his name from Chris to Chris. So C-H-R-I-S to K-R-I-S. He announced earlier this year that he was going to, that he is a woman, that he was going to start presenting as a woman. And it's particularly sad for a couple of reasons. One, he has a bunch of influence because he's in these videos that are being shown to um, young kids and to adolescents whose minds are still forming. They're still understanding what gender is, what the difference between male and female is, what it means, you know, to live in their own bodies to be male or female. And now they've gotten to know someone. You know, a lot of these YouTube creators, they feel like, I mean, to the people who watch them, they feel like they're friends with them. Um, and so he's almost like formed this kind of like relationship with this young audience. They've seen him as a man for years and years on Mr. Beast's channel. And now he is dressing as a woman. And uh, in the episode that we did explaining this, we also talked about some very disturbing tweets where it's obvious that he uh, has an obsession with certain forms of anime, particularly very perverse anime where the female characters are depicted as babies or as girls in a sexualized way. Go back and listen to that episode if you want to look at some of the reasons I think that 
he decided that he is going to be the opposite sex. And of course, if you've listened to this podcast for any amount of time, I don't believe that the vast majority of cases of transgenderism are actually gender dysphoria. In men, I think it's a sexual fetish that has been exacerbated by certain forms of very dark pornography. We can link that past episode explaining that with the guest. And then for women, I think it is typically a running away from sexual objectification and a trauma response from uh, sexualization and uh, typically from some form of sexual trauma. So I've talked about that many times. So in this case, I don't think from just what we can tell that it's true, like gender confusion. I think that it probably started as some kind of porn addiction and um, is just uh, has caused a distortion of reality that may be some kind of fetish. Again, go back and listen to that episode. If you think that I'm far off after you finish that episode, you can tell me your opinion. So one reason that it's sad is because of what I just said. He's got that large audience. But the second reason, the real reason that it's like super, super sad to me is uh, because he has a um, uh, he has a family. Like he divorced from his wife. She apparently is, I mean, she's very sweet. There's a lot of, lots of pictures of them online or sweet looking, you know, uh, lots of pictures of them online. I think that she had like a Bible verse in her Instagram bio at one point. They're from the Carolinas. They seem like normal Southern, you know, Christian people. And they have a little son together, a little toddler son who has now seen his dad transition into um, what looks to be a woman. So he did like this kind of announcement video recently on podcasting. I am a woman. My name is Chris with a K and I go by she, her. He's wearing makeup. He's wearing girl clothing. And he now has this like strangely feminized voice that I guess he's uncovering for everyone. So here's a clip of that. Oh gosh. <laughs> we might have to do a couple of takes. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Yeah. All right. Here he goes. Sure. Hey, Anthony, congratulations on buying Smosh. <laughs> Thank Is you. That, that was good. Thank yeah. you. The most interesting part about seeing that is it felt like there was like a sparkle in your eye. Something yeah. about it was like you, I could see this feeling of you feeling like yourself. I'm sorry. What? What? Was that serious? So I don't know if you know this. I didn't know this. Um, but the uh, hormones that you go on. So this person, this guy has been on hormones to try to look more like a woman. Still, like every single grown man who tries to look like a woman, he looks like a man. He is a man. He looks like a man who grew out his hair and has some makeup on. He doesn't look like a woman at all. No one would be fooled. No one's mistaking him for a woman. No one would no one would see him and be like, oh, yeah, that's just a tall female. No, of course, because there's only so much you can change. And one thing that you can't change, even with hormones, if you are a man, is your voice. Because your voice box, if you are a man, cannot shrink. It it can't make your voice higher. Now, if you're a woman who goes on testosterone, that can expand your voice box. I hope I'm explaining this correctly. And that can make you sound uh, more masculine. But you can always tell also when a man or when a woman who is trying to be a man is on testosterone. Like, I think the voice is a giveaway because it sounds almost automated. It doesn't sound like a real voice. This is also so, so sad. Um, so Chris is like going full steam ahead. 
in this. And I he he was on this podcast and as I said, like made this whole announcement. He also posted this on Instagram. We'll put it up, his transformation after taking um hormone replacement therapy, being on estrogen. And again, like there's no like how are we defining transformation in this case? Like I'm seeing all these headlines saying he transformed. He didn't transform. Like his hair is maybe a little bit longer. He's got some makeup on. And I don't say that to be mean. Some people will say, well, that's mean. Look, it's not mean to say that a man looks like a man. It's not, that's not mean. It's not, man, it's not mean to say that a man looks like a man or a woman looks like a woman. You know what? I'm sure he was a, a very normal looking, handsome guy. And he will always be uh, like a handsome guy. That does not make you a beautiful woman. It's okay to say that a man does not make a beautiful woman. That's something that we all knew five years ago. That was like a comedic bit up until 15 minutes ago. We all knew that it looks ridiculous. It's funny when a man dresses up as a woman. Mrs. Doubtfire is funny for that reason. White chicks is funny for that reason. Like now we're all supposed to say it's not only not funny, but it's also beautiful and believable. Well, look, we shouldn't be forced to go on with people's delusions. And now what? Like, I just have to think about his child and what his former wife is going through. It just breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart because you are putting your desires, no matter how sincere you feel that they are, over the needs of your child. Kids need a mom and a dad. They don't need a dad who is confused about being a dad and thinks that he's a mom. Kids need a mom and a dad. And what we see over and over again, whether it's abortion, whether it's gender ideology, whether it's COVID stuff, is adults putting their own wants and fears over the needs and the priorities, the well-being of kids. And man, if we think that we have mental health issues now, when it comes to teens, when it comes to Gen Z, and we do, just think about these kids who have been perpetually, their needs have been perpetually put to the side by selfish, narcissistic adults who put their own sexuality, their own whims, their own fantasies, their own fetishes, their own wants above uh, the stability of their kids. It just makes me sad. And anyone who says, no, kids benefit from their parents being their authentic self. No. 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 If your authentic self is forcing people to accept a delusion and to deny reality, if your authentic self isn't good, then no one's benefiting from that. You might feel better because of it. No one's benefiting from it. All right. Last sponsor for the day is Birch Gold. Um, as we just talked about uh, when we were discussing our last sponsor, you never know what's going to happen, especially with the economy. There's so many different things going on and you want to make sure that your savings are protected. One way to do that is to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. People who have worked with Birch Gold Group just give them rave reviews. That's why they have hundreds of thousands of five-star reviews. They've got an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau because people love working with them and it gives them a sense of 
of security, knowing that they basically have an inflation proof portion of their savings that they can rely on. If you don't know what I'm talking about or you just want to learn more about Birch Gold, they've got a no obligation free info kit that you can access. If you text Allie to 989-898, you'll get that free info kit on gold just to learn more, see if it's right for you. Text Allie to 989-898, Allie to 989-898. All right. Those are the two stories that I wanted to cover today. Um, and there's, I mean, there's a lot more. We could talk about a lot more, uh, but that's all we have time for. And we'll be back here uh, Monday with a lot more next week. Last week, before maternity leave. And so get excited. We've got a ton of awesome episodes that are coming out for you that we have been preparing. Make sure that you tune in for all of those and share them and all that good stuff. Also, we still have amazing merch um, available. If you ordered a um, Do the Next Right Thing shirt, that should be shipping to you very soon. If it hasn't already, we've got our Razor Respectful Ruckus stuff. Just go to allymerch.com and We'll link it in the description of this episode. Also, if you love this podcast, leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. That would help us out so much. Thank you, guys. We will be back here on Monday. Monday.